Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. It's a Monday. Well, no, it's a Tuesday, but it feels like a Monday to a lot of us. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in today. Special guest. Haven't had him for a couple of weeks. Jack Lancaster with me. Hi, Jack. I'm gr- Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How's life for you? Wonderful, but I'm getting better. Just kidding. No, that's good. Better than wonderful. Well, that's that's the thing I say. Okay. I'm, the life was wonderful, but it it'll it's, get better. It'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, then, thanks again for coming on today, Jack. It's always a pleasure to see you. And uh, you thank know, you. You too. Talk about some of the hot topics that are going on in the world today. A uh, couple of things uh, locally. Desert Hills for ten years has won the All Sports Award. Which uh, I mean, volleyball, softball—you get points if you finish in the, like the top three uh-huh. of any of the sports. This year, Ridgeline took it away from them. First time in a decade that it hasn't been Desert Hills winning all sports. Desert, right? that, oh that my was gosh! So well, good for Ridgeline. Ridgeline's up there by Logan. Yeah, uh, just, I guess just south of Logan. But but hey, you can't have it forever. But ten years a good run. Yeah, <laughs> Desert Hills finished second. Crimson Cliffs, up and comer, new school, oh, okay. finished third. Yeah. They got a lot so, of Desert Hills that's cool. kids, too. That's kind of cool. A uh, couple of other things. Uh, boy, another motorcycle death uh, over the weekend. This one up by Bryce Canyon. Guy hit an antelope. Really? An antelope jumped out into the road right in front of a guy. Wow. Uh, killed the guy. The woman riding on the back is in extremely critical condition. My guess is she probably probably going to be an organ donor is the only reason she's even still alive so ouch that's so sad how many motorcycle crashes have we had on the on utah road this year it's a lot the crazy thing about all that jack and i'm a motorcycle guy i love motorcycle Mm -hmm. i don't ride right now because i've got some balance issues Mm -hmm. with my health problems but uh the crazy thing about motorcycle sales are up well people are buying motorcycles fuel prices maybe yeah, yeah, but I mean, if every God, it seems like once a week we got it. Oh, okay, somebody died on a motorcycle in Utah. Huh. I think there have been twelve or thirteen this year alone motorcycle deaths in the state of Utah. Wow, wow. including we had one just out here, just across the Arizona bush. So that a, wasn't even Utah. Do you one. have a street bike? I do not anymore. I had one. Yes, you had one. Yes, I had a Kawasaki I, Vulcan sixteen hundred. I keep debating on whether I want to get a bike. Yeah, you know, I used to have an enduro. Back when I was in my twenties, right, 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 right. Take and, it off road or and, whatever. And the street bikes, if if I had a street bike and I was going street bike, I would not get on I fifteen or the freeways. I would go on the hmm. back roads. Yeah. And because uh, uh, I don't trust anybody out there, yeah. as far as you know them, you know defensive driving. True. But uh, but an antelope, you know, how are you going to predict? That? No, <laughs> oh that gosh. that's obviously it's a freak accident. But yeah. but after you get a few of those added yeah. together, you go, yeah. okay, when is it not really freak anymore? And it's just the dangers of yeah. riding a motorcycle. Yeah, they, we were coming home from a, a trip to Mexico, my wife and I, and uh, it was ten o'clock at night. We were driving through Mesquite, mm-hmm. and uh, on the way home, and there was some guy that he ran he he wiped out his motorcycle on the southbound side on that turn right between the two exits of mesquite yeah and he went through the thing and then hit a semi going the other way Ooh. ouch yeah that yeah. didn't that didn't end well no no um 
you know, my whole life I've loved motorcycles. Yeah. Uh, but, and that love, as I was watching Top Gun Maverick this weekend. Yeah, Have you I seen it, it last night. Yeah, great, <laughs> great movie. As I was watching it on Saturday, uh, or maybe the leading up to it, and as I was reading about the old Top Gun, you know, segueing into the new one, I realized maybe somehow my love of motorcycles might have come from the first Top Gun. Sure. I mean, that, you know, Tom Cruise riding around on his little yeah. ninja, uh-huh. 100 miles an hour, yeah. and I think... Without a helmet. <laughs> I think a lot of us teenagers were like, yeah, I want to be that guy, and I'll never yeah. fly an F-16 or 15 or 14 or whatever they are, yeah. but I can ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that could, yeah. Well, who didn't want to come out of there wanting to be a pilot? And well, what's the next best thing? You know, get one of those rice rockets. They, uh, <laughs> by the way, Navy uh, after the first Top Gun, five hundred percent increase in people joining the Navy. Oh yeah, and yeah. I'm guessing it's going to have the oh, same yeah. effect yeah. this time around. Yeah, too. it was so. that that opening sequence when they're on the aircraft carrier and that music's playing. It's like, yeah. oh man, <laughs> finally a movie that doesn't trash on America and and. Yeah. and you know what we stand for and you know a black and white you know morals you know movie where you know uh it was just awesome that way it was really great to see you know tom cruise a movie star man gotta give it to him i was fascinated by a couple things first of all the unabashed patriotism of the movie i thought that was wonderful yeah that was awesome and we need more of that in this country exactly uh and and add to that we had uh colonel rip berg or denny berg who he flew one of those blackbirds at you know up at the edge of space oh, uh-huh. at two thousand miles an hour or, or whatever. Uh, t- he he gave a little impromptu speech about patriotism, about loving America, about. In fact, he finished with a quote: "It's not what you can do, f- it's not what the, your country can do for you. It's what you can do for your country." Right. And I think everybody in the theater was like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, I mean, we were <laughs> we were fired up, right? Uh, and so I thought that the unabashed, again, patriotism of it all was was awesome. You know, uh, I hope this is not a spoiler for the movie, but Careful. I really enjoyed <laughs> at the very, very beginning of the movie, before it started, Tom Cruise just coming on and saying yeah. what the movie's about. Was, you know, it, I thought I, it I was thought, real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't use the CGI. These are real aircraft flying these real missions. You know, I mean it, it. It's different now. I mean, it's it's. You know when they when they take the effort to do that, it, and the actors are are doing what they do, it it makes a big difference. By the way, Tom Cruise fifty nine years old. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's my age. So I tell my wife, I says, "Honey, all those don't running get too and scenes. He's my age. <laughs> yeah, but you don't look like him. No, that's true. <laughs> I'm way better looking than that guy. <laughs> so, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say about the movie? Uh, there were two things that that struck me about it. One was again like the patriotism mm-hmm. uh, of it all, uh, and uh, I'll be darned if I can remember the. It other It was really one. good to see Val Kilmer. Yeah. You know, although he and, was playing a guy that was not very healthy, right? Which he's but, not, and yeah. and uh, and he he did a he did a great job. It was you know good to see that. It was really good. Agreed, agreed. I glad I was glad he was in there. Obviously, they killed off uh, the uh, you know uh, the uh, character that was his wingman, uh, the goose. Goose, yeah. Oh well, yeah. Uh, so you couldn't bring him. But back. But the kid but that played his son looked his just son like him. Was in it. Yeah. My gosh. Imagine the recruit, the, the way they had to, you know, the casting call for that guy. Yeah, yeah. Because you have to have, to have a guy that looks a lot like, uh-huh. you know, Goose looked. Yeah. 
But he has to also be kind of young and ripped yeah. because they have that scene yeah. where they're playing football uh-huh. on the beach and stuff. And that guy fit the bill perfectly. Yeah, he did. Though. You're did right. A, good job. <laughs> a little romance in there. It kind of left edified that Tom Cruise was finally going to maybe settle down too. I got the impression at the end. Yeah, so. I certainly did. But anyway, yeah, good stuff. Uh, again, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, it, it made you feel pretty good to be an American. And oh, that was the other thing I was yeah. going to say. You notice in the movie they never identify who the enemy is. Yeah, they're, it was. They're, we, we don't know if they're Arabic or Chinese or Russian or. It was. They a, never say. Yeah, it was not Russia. It was I, not Russia. It, that no, that was the enemy. Not not Russia. Not Russia. Yeah, because yeah. those were SU fifty seven felons. Oh really? Yeah, I wouldn't know that. Well. Yeah, SU fifty seven felons. That was yeah. the, the plane. Those they were are the flying. those are the planes that they were flying. The against. fifth generation fighters. Yeah, because yeah. they've uh, got they've got uh, thrust vectoring. I do. okay. I'm going to take your word for it. That, that <laughs> we've already surpassed my area of knowledge on on. Jets, so those so. were those were Russian aircraft. Hmm. That they're flying. They, I noticed on one of the wings when they were showing it, it had a circle, a yellow circle with a red star in it, yeah. which would imply some kind of Soviet throwback. Type. Yeah, Belarus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. One of those Belarus. So uh, they were the they were the the bad guy. Uh, yeah. They had never called them though any. They just uh-huh. and, and it was pretty obvious to me at, at a certain point they were purposely avoiding calling them. Yeah, they were anything yeah. but the enemy. Yeah. So which is probably good. Right? Yeah, it's fine. The way society Cold is, War's over, you know, uh, yeah. Hollywood, you know, they still need to sell tickets in Russia. Well, and, 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 and honestly, the way some people are out there, if they were to name, say, a, a certain, I don't know, race or a certain country, there would be people that would be hating on that country well, just yeah. because of a movie. Yeah, there was a scene so. where there was a, a helicopter, and it was no doubt who made that helicopter, uh, the enemy helicopter. Did you did you identify the helicopter, oh, yeah. too? Uh-huh. It looked like an, a Blackhawk to me, but no, it, it wasn't, no. huh? It was one of those, uh, it was an old Soviet helicopter. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It, it, all I know is when it went boom, I went yay. Yeah. So, <laughs> Are we dropping too much? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, anyway, yeah, you know, like I said, just some things uh, from that. I really felt like um, that, that we really needed this as a country. Yes, I because agree. it didn't matter if you were a lib or a snowflake or a Democrat or a conservative and a right wing and whatever, you went to that movie just to feel good about America. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it worked. I oh, hope. I, it's a great recruiting tool tool for the Navy. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have a friend who was an Air Force pilot. And uh, I was talking to talking to him about this, uh, just not not talking, but you know, chatting online uh-huh. to him about this. And he goes, "Well, they should have made an Air Force One because we could use some new pilots too." <laughs> he's, you know, he's my age, he's retiring and, yeah. and everything. But uh, yeah, they, uh, it, it's kind of funny the rivalry between the Air Force yeah. and the Navy because yeah. oh, we yeah. had Colonel Berg there from the Air Force, and we had George Geo from the, he was a Top Gun pilot. Yeah, and they were really good friends. In fact, uh-huh. uh, uh, Sandy. Uh, George's wife said they have kind of a bromance going, oh, uh-huh. uh, but uh, but they would never admit that. But uh, the, yeah, she said that they're, they're not only are they good friends, but they're fierce rivals too about their branches of the military. Oh yeah, so, yeah. There's that rivalry. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think you know if you you know Navy pilots something special to be able to land and take off on those carriers. 
You know, if you want to be a pilot, I mean, if that inspires a young man or woman to become a pilot, then uh, maybe an Air Force is, a, is always an option as well. Land on a moving boat. Yep. Can yeah, you do that? It's insane. Um, I was talking with George about that. He said, he said, yeah, I'm, I got a little bit of crazy in me. I was like, how so? He says, well, I, I, I land airplanes on moving ships. Yeah. That's yeah. a little, <laughs> it's a teeny bit of, of crazy right there yeah, to land airplanes exactly. on moving ships. But Much respect to those guys. One little piece of trivia. I mentioned it uh, during the right before the movie, but uh, there was a. Uh, they wanted to get a shot of the sunset with the with the from the aircraft carrier, the sunset behind it. And uh, the producer of the movie, the director of the movie, said, "I really need this shot." And the captain of the, of the ship said, "Well, it cost twenty five thousand dollars for us to turn the ship that direction because they had already moved." And the and the, I guess the director of the movie took out a checkbook and wrote him a check for twenty five thousand dollars. Wow! And he turned the ship, and then later on the check bounced anyway. So, <laughs> but he got okay. a shot. He got a he shot. Got a shot. <laughs> he got a shot. Uh, Nine twenty one on KDX. You wanted to talk a little bit about this has always been intriguing to me, Jack. And uh-huh. you, you you come at it from a different perspective as as a business owner and as a boss. And I've always been, I, I, I've never owned my own business. I, I was a freelancer for a while, so I was a little bit different. But I've never been a boss over people that, you know, I control their wages and things like this. Yeah. It's always been fascinating to me why it's such a big deal, secret, that the employees don't talk to each other about what they make. And what spurred this, my daughter called me yesterday, and we chatted with her for a little while, and she said, yeah, I got a job at a hotel in Cedar City. I'm making $12 an hour. She says, so I went to work yesterday. They're training me. I'm learning the job and, and everything. And, and, and she says, uh, one of the managers, assistant managers came up to me and she said, oh, by the way, you're not to tell anybody what you make. And she's like, really? Why not? And mm-hmm. she said, well, we have this other girl who's been here for four years and she makes less than you. Yeah. And my daughter was like, uh, okay, I guess I'll be quiet, but that's kind of weird. So what are your thoughts on this? I, to me, it's it's fascinating because even right here at Cherry Creek, you know, uh, I have no idea what Mikey makes or, or what DJ makes uh-huh. or these other guys yeah. make, make in the bill. I know what Devin makes. He makes more than all of us put together. But uh, <laughs> uh, So I'm just curious what your take is on this as a business owner. You you don't want to stir discontent mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the uh, staff, you know, when it's really difficult to replace an employee and uh, and in a perfectly fair world uh, the person with the most seniority would get the most pay however different there are different jobs within a company you know uh, even in a hotel and certain jobs commands different levels of, of pay right um, if it costs twelve dollars an hour to attract a new person and you're already on staff with four or five other people at 10, for example, mm-hmm. uh, that, that $12 an hour person brags about how much they're making. Now everybody's upset. Right. You may lose two or three people. Everyone's going to want to get a raise. Everyone that doesn't ask for a raise is probably going to be upset about their situation and perform worse and perform maybe not as good, possibly. Sure. Um, and I've actually had that conversation with some of my employees as well because um, – it, not everyone is the same. Not everyone performs the same, and not everyone um, uh, does exactly the same level of work or the same job. So we will give, we try to give raises on merit, and on the job description. So if you're gonna if you're gonna be one job, 
it, it starts at this wage. If you're going to be another job, it starts at a different wage. A cook uh, commands more of a wage as a cook than a dishwasher, for example. Sure. But they're both equally important. Important. There's, but it's just the the, the cook jobs a much more uh, difficult job. And there's, there's a lot of skill there's, involved. There's a skill. There's yeah. a little bit of danger. You know, you're in front of that hot, you know, griddle, whatever. Um, so there's. Do you remember the parable of the of the uh, in the New Testament where Jesus was talking about the the master and the and the vineyard, where he's going to pay the guy who shows up late in the day the same as he pays the guy who shows up at the right, beginning of the day. Right, sure. And his point was it's the it's the master's decision, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. So yeah. the point is is that if 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 this is my business and everybody agrees to our agreement. Then, then it's really nobody else's business what my private agreement is with someone else. Hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, sure. I in sales when I was working here in sales, you know, in, in the sales department, that's how you that's how you measure your your uh, uh, your effectiveness and your and your thing. Everybody brags and everybody knows how else how much everyone else is selling. And so we know what the commission scale is, so we know how much everybody's it's making. It's pretty easy to figure. But out. that's a sales. Yeah. That's a sales culture you know mm-hmm. but in, in a salary culture or in a or in an hourly culture it's, it can be different because there's there is inequality there in that respect it, it will exist and um because again the market's changed for example someone gets hired you know 10 years ago or whatever uh and you and you have to and you have to hire a less qualified person for more money you can raise the entire staff up you know, which is going to cost you, an which will arm cost leg. everything. Plus, you got to raise the people who have been here longer, hot to a higher to a higher amount than you're hiring the new guy. If that, so no, it, it makes sense. It's difficult. I mean, it's not it's not something that you know you want to be fair. And even as an owner, you want to be fair, <clears throat> but you can't. In, in a way, you can't be fair all the time. I know. When when yeah. I right before I went on uh, my LDS mission, I worked at a place called Deseret Manufacturing, mm-hmm. and it consisted of a, uh, a mattress factory and a woodworking shop, and that was basically it. And we were making basically the headboards and other things to go with the mattresses and and couch pillows and stuff that they were making. Mm-hmm. So my buddy, uh, three three of us got hired on all three of us buddies, me and Steve and, and Mel. And uh, Mal got hired in the mattress factory. Me and Steve went in the wood shop. We got paid a flat rate. It was probably three seventy-five, and I don't know what it was, but it was not very much money. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot to us, but it sure. wasn't very much money. And uh, Mel got hired in the mattress factory, but he got put on what they call piece rate, which if, it, if nobody's ever worked piece rate, piece rate is basically you get paid for how much you make. Mm-hmm. If if he does. He might get a dollar a mattress. If he does, say, a uh, hundred mattresses that day, then he gets a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's how it worked. Well, obviously, after a while, he got pretty fast and pretty proficient at whatever part of the mattress, whatever. I I, I don't even know what he did. I just know that when the bosses had staff meeting, we used to have nail gun fights, and you know we'd open the garage door and have nail gun fights. But <laughs> that's beside the point. Uh, so so. At some point, he got pretty fast at it, and yeah. he was making a lot of days. He was making twice or almost three times as much as we made over in the wood shop. Right, and I just—I mean, I hadn't, I didn't even thought of the story until just now. But I remember thinking to myself, "Wait, a minute, we go to work. We actually carpool together as three guys from West Jordan out to the you know South South Salt Lake. Uh, we carpool. We show up at the same time." 
We go in, we work just as hard, same amount of work. Uh, we're probably, all three of us, pretty evenly skilled at what we do. Right. And yet he's making, you know, 8 or $9 an hour. We're making less than 4 mm-hmm. an hour. And, and so... Uh, I, I I don't know if there's an answer to this, Jack, but I would say, hey, what the, what the heck? And and I guess maybe the answer, uh, uh, there isn't an answer, but the answer I would say is, well, I guess I got on in the wrong department, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you could, you know, you have a couple of options. You could, you and your buddies in that department could go say, hey, we want to negotiate a job for peace rate. Yeah. But the problem is, is the, the the amount of production and the amount of value you're adding to the product isn't as much as the as the value that the other guy's adding to the product on that right. on his side. Right. He's adding more value to the product, and um, uh, than maybe you were in the shop, and maybe your maybe his maybe his learning curve was higher and his skill set was higher to get to that specifics and to get to that level of efficiency. Well, and, and he had a very speci- specialized uh, what he did, but. I actually, for the for most of my time there, I ran the lathe. And I became very good at cutting out posts for for headboards and footboards on on beds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is uh, to to really properly do a good bed post. We're talking hour, hour and a half, two hours maybe for mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So piece rate wouldn't have really worked on that. Particular Not unless it was job. like forty five dollars a post. Yeah. But he can't. The, the owner can't sell it for no, you know no. like two hundred dollars for that post. So no. he's got to make money on your labor, and if he can't do that, then it doesn't make sense to do that. It makes more sense if he can get you to do the job for five, four or five or whatever dollars an hour, and you're willing to do it and you're happy to do it for that, then that's what he that's what he has to do. You know, but there there's a lot of jobs that just doesn't piecework doesn't make sense. You know, there's a lot right. of jobs that it does, sure. but but if I were you, I would think, well, maybe I I would figure out how to, you know, next time there's an opening in that in that section of the company, you know, apply for the job there. But you know, the feeling, yeah, I don't want to start over. I'm good at what I do. I enjoy my job. I don't I don't really want to change. I think that's kind of the trap I was into. The other thing was we'd all put it in our mission papers within six months oh, of getting yeah. a job there, and we knew we were all leaving anyway. Yeah, well, you know, not a career platform for you at the time no, you know because no, you had the mission coming up but you know when you look at, at things you know you have to you have to take risks in life to get to get ahead and you have to you know uh, understand that there's going to be setbacks yeah so you know nothing is nothing is a smooth sailing forward so from the boss's perspective yeah. if if you tell an employee i'd, I'd rather you not talk about uh-huh. what you make with your fellow employees right you're not trying to pull a fast one you're not trying to do something evil or backhanded. You're just trying to keep peace. Is that, uh, yes. is that the perspective? Most, yeah, and I've had that conversation for me at uh, previous jobs that I've had mm-hmm. that were non-sales jobs. Yeah, oh, yeah. And and how did you feel on the other end of it? Was it... Was it cause well, some, you don't know. Sometimes, you know, yeah. Because you don't know if you're not the... You may be the low man on the totem pole and you don't know it. Yeah. Because nobody's talking about it. In and fact, if, I had a, a boss once say, you know, this is grounds for dismissal if you say something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, it's implied for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even here. Yeah. You know, talking about what you make and, yeah. you know, I, uh, someone so got a raise that actually I got a raise and they told me not to tell anybody here. I'm on the radio talking about it, but I got a raise. And they told me not to tell anybody. Uh, and, uh, you're the town newspaper. You can't keep a secret no matter what, buddy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's my wife. I can't keep a secret at all. Uh, all right. Let's uh, real quick, go to Seth. And then we got, got to get to the weather. Seth, uh, I know you were at the movie. Did you like it? better than the first one that's what my dad said that's exactly what my dad said yeah i would say so too okay and 
and the idea was four or five planes. We got the you know it's never dawned on me about the G forces. Yeah, yeah, and that you know it's like a sledgehammer on your brain, crushing your brain against your skull, and the pain and the fact that you're no longer in the airplane once you uh, pass out. Um, who knows? Uh, 99%, you're not going to wake up. And you so just... I, I, you know, and let me ask you this question, and I, I have one, and I've asked it three times now about the B-52s <laughs> dropping a thousand bombs or some silly thing in two seconds, and I'm, I'm not hearing that at all. All I have ever hear is the boom-boom from the sonic blast, and do you understand that, that we should be hearing B-52s unloading? Uh, that, that's, what, that's what George said, right? I don't know if they actually do that. I mean, uh, they have to have live fire exercises occasionally, right? Well, well uh, okay, but uh, the question is, it's impacting our community, the sonic. Okay, we're going to, uh, if people are aware, okay, you just ignore it. <laughs> That's but, right. But if there's two different kinds, if they're actually dropping entire loads of ordnance at the Uter, Uter, U-T-T-R, Utah Test and Training Range, the biggest thing in the United States, the only place for live um, munitions. And, uh, and so I've never, as far as I can tell, I think I could tell when there was, I don't remember the exact number, hundreds of bombs being dropped uh, as a kaboom or, or whatever it is, but I never heard any of that. And then when the, the uh, fellow that mentioned that, he switched over to the other guy with the SR-71 to answer. Yeah. Okay, and- so so far I haven't been able to get a, if there's B-52 uh bombers bombing i'm not hearing them as far as i can tell i i, I agree with you seth i haven't heard any actual is, explosions is he talking about the the bombers themselves going supersonic or no do- dropping actually bombs in in the desert here oh up up by Twila. I, I guess is that where uter is where's where's the uter at well it, it starts at the at uh, i think the southern end is at the uh top side north side of pine valley Oh, and it okay. extends out at like a 45 degree. It's huge. Hmm. Okay. And it's a live bombing area within the United States. And let me ask, let me ask you this. Um, did KDXU pay for the popcorn, the drinks, the movie, the whole thing? We did. Yes. Well, Cherry Creek did. Here, I, okay. And, and well, I want to thank you. That was amazing and unexpected. And when there's a promotion on, I suggest people participate because that was the most delightful afternoon and the photography and the uh, technology and, and the dedication these people have is just off the scale. I agree. I agree. And thank you, Seth. Appreciate the phone call. Appreciate the compliment. 935 on KDXU. Seth is uh, spot on on that one. That's for sure. Let's check weather. Compelling guests, hot topics, the latest news, always on the Andy Griffin Show. Is there a juicy part in it for me? Right here on News Radio 890, 92.5, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. 
Welcome back. Andy Griffin with you. Jack Lancaster, my sometimes uh, regular kind of guy here. What's up, Jack? That's, a, that's the most of a commitment I can give you, Andy. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes regular, regular. kind of guy. <laughs> my bowels, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> Wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on up in Canada. So they have this... Uh, this guy who is their prime minister now who uh, considers himself a progressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's decided uh, with the spate of mass shootings around the world. And he was then, you know, like you, you could almost see him. He wasn't doing it, but pointing at the United States, yeah. you know, yeah. that they are going to put a freeze, a ban on all handguns in the entire nation of Canada. Okay. All handguns, you can no longer import them, export them, make them, sell them, own them, period. Canada will not allow handguns anymore. Are they going to confiscate the ones that are already out? He did not say that. Oh, okay. He did not say what they were going to yeah. do with the ones that are already out. That might be interesting out. how he's going to do that. But I'm, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the tip of the iceberg of all the things uh-huh. wrong with what he's doing. Sure. Uh, number one is... Of all the mass shootings I've seen, and there have been several, unfortunately, over the last week, I think 12 in one week, and most of them, like one person died, but other people were hurt, so they you know, they were able to contain them. But most of the mass shootings were not done with handguns, Jack. Yeah. They were yeah. done with rifles. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> well, you can't apply logic to Trudeau. Yeah. You cannot. He, Justin Trudeau. He's got, his, he's got his agenda. I mean, all you need to know about him is the way he handled the trucker uh, convoy thing. Yeah. And they did confiscate you the know. crap out of those yeah. guys. Oh, and then he got, uh, what was it, PayPal? People were donating, and they, uh, right. and they confiscated that money. Yeah. And they confiscated their bank accounts. And, you know, so this, I, I don't know if this, this is surprising to anybody. I, I, like, to me, it's not. I mean, what was it uh, Jordan Peterson was talking about a few years ago when he made his stand against the law that they passed up there, that if you you misgender someone, you can be fined. (laughs) If you call someone the wrong gender pronoun, the the government can fine you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You must call them by the pronouns that they say. So why would a government like that, why would would that government that's going to pass that law in their parliament, why would they... Why would we be surprised that they're going to go after handguns? Well, of course, you know what's next. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. good luck. Good luck. I mean, you know, this may be, the, 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 this may be the, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back because really Canada's two countries. You know, the Eastern French speaking and the, mm-hmm. and the rest of the country that's English speaking. And, and they're, in their constitution, any province can leave. At any and, time. And by the way, they, they kind of don't like each other, the English-speaking Canadians and the French-speaking well, we, Canadians. Well, the Albertans, you know, they're the ones that are sending all the oil to the, to the whole nation. Yeah. And they're paying for all the socialism in the rest of the country. You know, true. there's been a lot of uh, theories out there that Alberta could either go independent or join the U.S., apply to join the U.S. We'll take them. Yeah, I think we would. <laughs> we'll take them. Although Joe will probably try to shut down their oil reserves, so, or their oil pipelines. Oh, but, good old Joe, you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, By the way, those of you who see me driving around town, I do have a Joe Biden sticker on my pickup, but I lost a bet. So <laughs> <laughs> You have you have a Joe Biden sticker on I your have, truck? I have the face of Joe Biden in the back seat on the window. <laughs> Life-size face oh, no. profile, right? So my mother-in-law, who hates Trump, this is... Uh, you're, uh, about four months ago, I ordered some Trump stickers, and I saw them 
going around town with a profile of Trump, like he's sitting in the car with you. You put him on the window, life size. Mm-hmm. So I put one on her van without her knowing it. <laughs> uh, of course, she took a ration. You know, she did not like that. So she, but she kept it up there. She's a good sport. And then about two weeks ago, I, I go out to, to my truck in the morning, and there's a Biden. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, back back to Canada. Oh, sorry. I, no, no problem. But I, I was thinking about Canada. It used to be, and I'm talking about the 80s and even the 90s. Canada was kind of our cute little brother, right? Mm-hmm. Canada had yeah. they had the cops with the poofy pants, you know, yeah. the, the, the Canadian Mounties. They even yeah. had a cute name. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you thought of Canada, you thought of Dudley Do Right, yeah, and, and moose, you know, mm-hmm. or mooses. Moose and squirrel. Is it, moose, the plural for moose is moose, right? Yeah. I, I, anyway, yeah, yeah uh, mooses, and, and and you talked about uh, you know beautiful scenery, lots of oil, uh, and really really nice people. Yes, and, very nice and people. That was our view of Canada for Ever. well up until what the last decade or so. Well, uh, yeah, even until well, you know, you could have said you could have made that argument up until the last, you know, yeah year or two especially again i can't get over how they responded to the the trucker strike yeah it's just amazing and you know obviously they're going after the wrong thing obviously the guns are the problem and not the people that are you know obviously it's a hunk of metal obviously that's the problem well and and you know and i agree with you but and then to say hey you know what Let's do an analogy. Uh, green beans are killing people, so let's outlaw peas. That's well, that's the logic of okay. it. Okay, wasn't there a mass running down in a parade not too long ago where somebody took a SUV a or car. some kind of car yeah. and just plowed through a parade and killed mm-hmm. a bunch of people? That was in the U.S. It happened in France a couple of years ago or right? a year ago, and uh, with a van. And I mean, it 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 just it boggles my mind that he would. Number one, he would they would let him ban handguns. It seems like it seems like to me that their parliament or whatever would would maybe buck against that. But and, and then the fact that he would ban handguns when most of the shootings there was there was no handgun. It it, it wasn't even a part. In fact, if there was a handgun, it was because somebody was trying to defend themselves against the mass shooter who had an AR yeah. or some other kind of right. It, I'm not saying ban ARs. I'm saying. Uh, hey, dummy! You missed anyway. If you were going to be a radical, you maybe at least ought to aim at what. Don't don't apply logic. <laughs> that's that's the problem, Andy, isn't it? Andy, don't apply logic. They yeah. want what they want because what? I, I to anybody that doesn't that, that's not paying attention, the Prime Minister of Canada wants to be, I'll say it, a, a, a tyrant. Yeah. He wants to be a dictator. King. He wants to he be, wants to be whatever King. it is. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't care. So anything to get an excuse to take that next step in that direction. Hmm. So don't apply logic because understand he wants more power. He's a young guy, you know, and he just got reelected. Yeah, and it was wasn't even that close, was it? He won big. I don't know. I think I, you know. I, I have I have Canadians that come into my restaurant every now and again, and once in a while we'll engage in that type of conversation. But they said he just got reelected. That's. Mm. meaning in the last year or so. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back more with Jack Lancaster, we try to figure out why you would ban handguns in Canada. I don't know. This is the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 92.5 KDXU. Stay tuned for Clay and Buck coming up next. Oh, but not yet, Clay. We've got still 10 minutes left on the show. Andy Griffin with Jack Lancaster. 
Good morning. Morning, Jack. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you. Uh, cool article just barely came out, like like 57 minutes ago or something on Des News. Just go to opinion, Des News opinion page. Uh, the question is asked, why do children want to hurt other children? And look at the psychology of violence. Now, I'm going to start this discussion off, uh, and we only have like eight or nine minutes, but saying I think that most sane people, you and I are, I, I would consider us both sane, me Thank probably you. a little more than you. But. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll take what I can get, man. But most sane people have a hard time, or maybe even it's impossible, to wrap our brains around the idea that someone could do something that this guy did in Texas and mm-hmm. Uvalde. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before we talk about any of it, we don't understand. We don't get it. No. Um, and, and maybe... That's maybe we're getting to the crux of the problem is sanity, uh, because you have to be insane. You have to be psychopathic, I believe, in order to decide, plan, commit and do what this guy did down in Texas. And and any Mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Uh, Because I I don't think, like I said, we can't wrap our brains around it because we're sane. I don't think as a sane person, you even can conceive this no uh and and again it's always the person there there's there's something wrong with these people and uh, as you were talking the only thing i can think of is 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 this segment of the population always been among us Hmm. has there been this tiny percentage of people that are that are uh built in such a way or 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 are made in such a way that this is uh this is the thing that they do okay Mm -hmm. Uh, but here's what's happening is is now we have uh, we have more powerful weapons that are that are accessible. We have um, opportunities, uh, soft targets, if you will, and uh, uh, this whole thing, social media, that allows them to become famous or infamous. Yeah. And you know, uh, of course, the the la- the lazy argument is we got to ban all guns. That's the lazy argument because sure. it doesn't work. And and another lazy argument is when we need to make schools gun free zones. Well, I'm I'm sorry, but every single uh, shooting was done at a gun free zone. All that does is prevent the good people from having something that can fight back. So, what is the argument that makes sense? I don't know if I know the answer, that but it has to be yeah. with the person. However you address that, however you address that in, in our culture, how you address that in our schools or in our upbringing. But I can tell you the culture is decaying at a rate that, that, that is scary, and this is one possible outcome. I remember in junior high school, maybe seventh grade, something like that, uh, I remember going to a class, like an art class or whatever, and I sat next to a kid, and his first name was Johnny. And he always wore military garb. He always had a green jacket on, usually a white mm-hmm. T-shirt, whatever. Yeah. And when it came time to draw, we were given different assignments. He always drew guns and knives and, and war scenes and, and blood and violence. Yeah. Uh, and, and I didn't think much of it except, you know, oh, crazy Johnny. You know, I, yeah. I mean, back then you didn't. Even though he maybe had thoughts similar to some of these these shooters back then you didn't act on those thoughts nobody did i mean you were you were taught you, you don't act on this kind of stuff and you know there was the meme going around it has been going around since last monday uh you know what we went to when i went to high school we all had shotguns hanging from the gun rack on our yeah, pickup truck I took, and nobody 
shot anybody back then. No, because we were on our way to go. I was going going bird hunting, yeah. pheasant hunting after school. Never, <laughs> or I'd gone pheasant hunting before school. And never once did you think, oh, I, I, I should shoot the guy I don't no, like. Of course not. It's ridiculous. Well, my dad taught me how to properly handle a weapon. And I took mm-hmm. hunter safety when I was 13 years old. So, you know, I was a member of the Boy Scouts. I, I grew up respecting life, I, respecting all life. And that hunting was a part of of life because you know we have to, and I was taught that you eat everything you kill. Yeah, you know you don't yeah. let it go to waste. So, uh, yeah, I, I maybe there's just <laughs> you can look at a bigger argument. I mean, you know, do we still respect human life like we used to? Do we respect? Mm. Uh, you know, why is there an abortion debate? I don't want to go down that road right now, but. Obviously, the fact that there's even a debate sometimes yeah. makes you wonder. Yeah. Okay? Agreed. If human life is meaningless, if young, and all these people are young men, am I, am I not right, that are doing the shootings? For the, the most part. For the, the most, most part, part they're yeah. young men. What's, what's, so what's wrong with going on there? So you're talking about kids at the, young men at the margins. Young men at the margins who are not, you know, like, like Johnny, like uh, uh, whoever. And and for some reason they're not being reached out to, right? They're not being taught how to be, uh, you know, men. Because a man is someone who respects life, respects other people, is a protector, is not a predator. Remember that movie? Um, oh, the sniper one where he was went to Iraq and American Sniper. American Sniper. I don't. He think was I ever at dinner table one. with his dad, and dad it. said, "There's three kinds of people in this world. There's sheep." There's wolves, and there's shepherds. Hmm. Which one are you? Okay, great question. And he he decided he was going to be a shepherd. He was going to be a protector, hmm. protect the sheep from the wolves. But you know, you, I, you can all. I, I think you can. A lot of this you can bring back to the to the de- degradation of the family. Agreed. Agreed. You know, a text here by the way. Well, they closed all the mental institutions, so now these people are on the streets. That's one of the reasons we're having this problem. I don't know if you're going to put a, a 17-year-old in a mental institution for uh, for whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I wish I knew. If I had all the answers, I'd tell you. All I know is it's something that's horrific. It's unfathomable. We can't wrap our heads around it. And I pray something like this never happens in our community. Yeah. Yeah, me too. All right, go to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling in. What's up? Hey, uh, you're having a discussion about the uh, the weapons that are being banned in, in Canada mm-hmm. and uh, the preponderance of uh, of homicides and killings are, are handguns. So while it may be a, uh, seem like an a odd reaction to the recent to the school shootings in the United States, if you're really talking about gun violence, uh, handguns are the predominant source of gun violence in America mm-hmm. and in Canada. So he, it's, it's not that he's uh, he's terribly off the wall. It's just, and I'm a Second Amendment supporter, but uh, so he's, he's headed after the right thing. If you want to say, I want to end all gun violence, I, I don't support the position. So I still believe it's the, the person, not the gun. But do you think he's using? Do you think he's using the mass shootings as a vehicle? Uh, you know, to to pr- oh, absolutely promote his agenda. Absolutely. It's, yeah. uh, it's the emotional response right now to do something, quote, about guns. Just like Joe Biden has now gone on and made that ludicrous statement about uh, about nine millimeters. Yeah. He's now saying, I want to go ban nine millimeters that they'll, quote, uh, blow the lung out of somebody. And well, everybody knows that a nine millimeter is 
ballistically insufficient to guarantee that you're going to kill anybody. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, uh, I mean, the type of ammo, that's a different question. You know, hollow points and shredding uh, and those self-defense rounds and, you know, that are, that are maximum uh, uh, destruction to, to, uh, to person. That, that's a different matter, too. But, but uh, Joe Biden's now turned it uh, on 9 millimeters as well. Hmm. I, I always wonder why the press does not, and I understand why they're going to cover a mass shooting like this because of its because of its nature. Nature, but why don't we have more uh, uh, stories about people who are defending themselves, like an old little old lady who defends her, her home from a from an attacker that, that's a break in? Yeah, you know something like that where a gun is used to to protect. I was reading, I was waiting in a doctor's office the other day. I was reading in a gun magazine, and they had a section. It had like six or yeah. eight stories of yeah. people who had defended themselves. I'm like, I hadn't heard about any of these. Why, why haven't I heard about any of these? That's the NRA magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Why hadn't I heard it? Well, we're running out of time. Again, thanks for the phone call. Thanks for listening today. And thanks especially to Jack Lancaster for being on today. Wish we had more time, but Jack, it's, uh, it's all used up, man. It's always good. Thank thanks. you, Andy. Thanks for coming in. Okay. And uh, we appreciate uh, Jack's efforts. As a boss, making sure that employees don't know what each other makes, right? Yeah. That's (laughs) that's what we do, man. Thanks, Jack. (laughs) 